Good morning, all. Welcome, welcome to University Heights United Methodist Church. I am Pastor David. Amy Walls is our liturgist today, and Dr. Stephanie Kelly is doing our children's message. And we're so grateful that you are here to worship with us today. If you're visiting, we extend a, a special welcome. It's a custom that we uh, sign our attendance and, and let us know that we're here using, there's some folders in each of the pews, and there's a way to mark that you were present with us today. And there are also some connection cards in there, so if you'd like to connect at, at a deeper level, you have some prayer concerns you'd like to share, uh, you're interested in some areas of service, um, you can indicate those on those connection cards. And uh, and those will be collected after the service. So it's great to be together today. We are wrapping up a worship series uh, that we've been doing throughout the summer with stories about food, uh, God and grub. And today we'll be hearing about the bread of heaven. So I hope you're blessed by a reflection on that story. After the service, to celebrate this food series, we will have loads of ice cream out in the narthex seven or eight different flavors, all kinds of toppings, so please join us for that ice cream social. Next Sunday, we'll be starting a new series called, Wait, Jesus, You Want Me to Do What Now? So that's uh, going to be what we're focusing on in September. So I hope you'll join us for that. I want to give a huge thank you to the many volunteers that were involved in a variety of ministries this week. We had a crew serving donuts to some of the freshmen that were moving in on Tuesday. Uh, we had a few folks out yesterday at the Student Expo. We had a great Kids Sensational Saturday this weekend and a lot of volunteers helping to uh, inspire some elementary and middle school students. Um, and as always, serving in the Bibbs Pantry and other uh, services to the community, thank you for giving of your time in that way. If you ever want to know more about special events that are happening, we like to push those out through text message at times. And so it's been a while since I've reminded you how to sign up for that. If you send the message, the message is UH or at, the at sign, UHUMC to the number 81010, you'll be added to our text list and you'll get all kinds of info about what's going on. Excellent. It's great to be together with you all today. Uh, may God lift our spirits and uh, strengthen us and revive us as we enter into this new week. I invite you to greet those around you with kindness and joy as we prepare for worship today.
Ah, let us settle into the presence of God and open ourselves in prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, for the gift of this morning, we give you thanks for the privilege of being in this place, to bring ourselves to you, to connect with others, to experience your forgiveness, your saving gift. We are grateful. Uh, Lord, may we fully immerse ourselves in what you're trying to say to us, what you're trying to do within us. Lead us into new opportunity. Give us courage. Give us boldness. Give us curiosity. Give us grace as we worship together. In Christ's name, amen. If you'd stand as you're able and join me in the call to worship, please. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus said, the bread of God gives life to the world. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Our hymn of praise is number 675, As the Sun Doth Daily Rise.
Join me in the opening prayer, please. God of forgiveness and new beginnings, you feed our hearts with compassion and nourish our souls with the bread of heaven. As Jesus fed the hungry crowds, knowing that they needed both physical bread and the bread of heaven, fill us with your generous spirit and make us one with Christ. Amen. And if you join me in the affirmation of faith, please. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Oh, hey there. Good morning. Yes. Uh, can I have a piece of bread, please? Yeah, that one. That one right there. That's perfect. I'm starving. I don't know. You know, I've been busy. Haven't eaten much today. D busy. You know, I've been busy. I just haven't had the time. Time, you know. I've, it's been full today. I just haven't had much of it been busy. I don't know why I haven't had much time. I've just been trying to get things done, and now I'm hungry. You know, things. I, I don't know what things, just things need to get done, and now I need to eat. That's all. Yeah, I can't get the things done unless I eat a little bit. That's what I'm trying to say. Because I have to eat first, because otherwise I'm just not myself, you know? I'm just not as sharp as I want to be, okay? That's why I'm hungry. No, I don't need to do the things right now. I've got things to do. I need to eat. That's why, that's why I'm asking you for some bread, please. I'm hungry. I'm not myself. I'm tired. 
I don't know why I get hungry. Don't you get hungry? Everybody gets hungry once in a while. Haven't you ever been hungry? Yes, I know. Yes, you've got to eat in order to live. I get that. Yes, and I haven't eaten anything all day because I've been busy living, so I haven't had time to eat. I get it, yes. And so I'm hungry, and I need to learn that in order to live, I need to eat. Got it. So can I have that piece of bread? Appreciate it. Thank you. Our Old Testament scripture lesson today is from uh, the 8th chapter of Deuteronomy, verses 1 through 10. The entire commandment that I command you today, you must diligently observe so that you may live and increase and go in and occupy the land that the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember the long way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness in order to humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you by letting you hunger, then by feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors were acquainted, in order to make you understand that one does not live by bread alone, but by the very word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. The clothes on your back did not wear out, and your feet did not swell these forty years. Know then in your heart that as a parent disciplines a child, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Therefore, keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with flowing streams, with springs and underground waters welling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, where you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and from whose hills you may mine copper. You shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. The hymn of praise is Break Thou the Bread of Life.
The New Testament scripture today is from the book of John, chapter 6, verses 22 through 40. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there. They also saw that Jesus had not got into the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it was my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. So the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and anyone who comes to me I will never drive away, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up to the last day. This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son may believe in him, may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now if the children would come forward. 
Good morning. How are you guys this morning? Yeah. So if you were listening to that scripture, you heard a phrase a couple of times in there where Jesus was saying, I am the bread of life. And so I was thinking about that phrase. And if you had read the Bible verses before what we read today, he had just performed this amazing miracle where he had fed 5,000 people with, with fish and a few loaves of bread. And so it made me wonder, why did he, he's pretty amazing, right? Jesus is pretty amazing. Why did he pick something as ordinary as bread? Why didn't he say, I am the ice cream sundae of life? I am the chocolate chip cookies of life, right? What would you pick? You would pick ice cream? Yeah. And chocolate chip. Okay, I nailed it then, didn't I? <laughs> um, why do you think? Why do you think he didn't pick something like a special treat instead of bread? Okay, so he was linking it back. That's very good. Linking it back to the Old Testament, to the story of Moses, where he gave them bread. Yeah. Olivia? I'm sorry, what? Oh, because she said he didn't want people just to follow him because he gave them cookies and ice cream. <laughs> that is true, too. Yes. Did they even, okay, you're getting too serious here. Did they even have cookies and ice cream back then? I don't know what they had, but they surely had some kind of special treat. Yeah, so bread is, is what we call a staple in our diet. Do you know what that means? Something that's, we really need to have it every day. Some kind of bread. How many of you had toast or cereal or donuts for breakfast, cereal? You probably had some kind of bread. You'll probably have some kind of bread with your lunch on a sandwich or pizza crust or something like that. It's something that's, that we have in our diet every day. And I think that's the message Jesus was trying to get across. He's not just a special treat that we bring out for celebrations. He's something we need to have in our lives every day. So what do we, how do we live our lives differently if he's a staple in our lives? You got any ideas? Well, I brought something to help you remember. So I brought you a special kind of bread, muffins. And I want you to take one, and on each one there's a note on the back that tells us some of the staples that Jesus wants us to make a part of our lives. So what does yours say? Joy. Joy. Love. You guys. Can you read yours, Olivia? Olivia got joy, thankfulness, kindness, and another thankfulness. So Jesus is telling us by saying he's the bread of life that he wants to be a staple in our lives. And that means these are the kind of things that should be part of our lives if he's in, in our life every day. So every day we should try to show um, joy and love and thankfulness and kindness. So I want you to repeat after me with this prayer. Dear Lord, help us to keep you a staple in our lives. Amen. All right, thank you.
do you all have a favorite snack? You know, kind of a go-to munchy when you're worried or tired or need a pick-me-up? Is it a snack that uh, is deeply nutritious or nutritionally challenged? Is it something, you know, you love to share that snack or you prefer to eat it in a dark closet all by yourself? Did you know whatever your favorite snack is may reveal more about you than you imagined? Alan Hirsch, who is a neurological director of the Smell and Taste Treatment and Research Foundation, that's a real thing, had 800 volunteers take a personality test, and then he asked them their favorite snack, and the results were astounding. Those who had a particular personality type chose the same snack 95% of the time. So I wanted to put this to a test, and I'm going to mention a few snacks and uh, see if, the, if it's your favorite snack, if it describes a little bit of who you are. So do we have any potato chip eaters? Potato chippers? You are achievement-oriented, successful, competitive, enjoy the rewards of your success, natural leaders, that can be irritated with inconveniences like long lines, and traffic jams, and slow people. So those are the chip eaters, yeah, maybe. Tortilla chips, the perfectionists out there. You aren't satisfied with getting an A, you want an A plus. Ambitious, you like to plan ahead, but your concern also goes beyond yourself. The community at large, you are sick and tired of the inequities and injustices in society. Popcorn. Popcorn eaters take charge, but low-key. So you're confident, but reserved. You make a large donation, but you don't tell anyone about it. So those are your popcorn eaters. Pretzel eaters, I was surprised here, the life of the party, love originality, become bored with routine, Excited by new challenges, you have a tendency to start a new project without finishing the last one, so you get overcommitted at work and at home. Thanks, pretzel eaters. The cracker eaters, those are your contemplatives, thoughtful. Make your decisions more on reason than emotion. You like your private time. Shy away from confrontation. Don't want to see anyone's feelings get hurt. You're creative when you're alone, free from interruptions. Nuts. You'd think that would just be your crazy folk. Actually, they're the calm, even-tempered folks. Easygoing, cooperative, make great teammates. Your cheese curl people. Formal, proper, principled, maintain the moral high ground. If there's a word that describes your cheese curl eater, it is integrity. You might seem a little bit uptight. It's just because you're organized, systematic. Whether it's band-aids or batteries, your house is stocked and ready. No detail is left undone with the cheese curls. Finally, your meat snack people. Any beef jerky, that's where you go. Expressive, extremely generous, make extraordinary self-sacrifices to please others, loyal to a fault. If you want a true friend, pick a meat snack eater. That's where you gotta go. I didn't make up these results. This was Alan Hirsch. You are what you munch, says Alan. 
What if you like to snack on bread? As uh, Stephanie mentioned, last week we read a story about a large crowd that followed Jesus because they were amazed by some healing signs that he was doing. And the master chef, Jesus, fed over 5,000 people with five barley loaves and two fish. And they were amazed and they wanted to crown him king because he had the power to create the biggest and best buffet ever. That night, his disciples left on a boat for the town of Capernaum, but Jesus wanted some alone time, and so he didn't go with them. Later on, he decided to take a stroll across the lake. The next morning, the crowds were looking for him. They thought maybe he'd make waffles out of pita bread, but they couldn't find him. So they got on boats and went searching for him, and they discovered him on the other side of the lake. And they said, teacher, when did you get here? Now, if it was me, I might have asked, how in the hay did you get here? Because you were on one side of the, the island, of the lake, and now you're on the other. But they, they didn't need answers to this travel explanation. They were more interested in how long he had been away from them, which sounds really sweet. It's almost like, oh my gosh, Jesus, it's been forever since we saw you, and we've missed you, and don't ever wander off from us again. We want to follow you everywhere, which sounds very endearing, although it's not truly a sign of commitment. Their infatuation was with the cool kid who could feed them whenever they would want and perhaps scare off their bullies who would threaten them. You know how it's nice to sit next to the one who has loads of power, and so Jesus says to them, thank you for the fan love, but you're not looking for me because you care for me or want to connect with me or see God through me or have been changed by me. You just enjoyed a delicious lunch. You're enthusiastic and you have the munchies. We all like enthusiasm. I mean, what's not to like about somebody who's excited about something, excited about something Jesus is doing? Enthusiasm in this case could be defined as someone whose basic desire is to be satisfied and content, to have their needs met, and are afraid of being deprived and don't want to miss out on a special experience. They want to keep themselves feeling good. So I would describe their snack personality as those who like to eat giddy gummy fruit snacks. Now these fruit snacks may not have much in terms of real fruit juice, but they're packed with good feelings. You know, it's like caffeine for your character, just a sweet sensation to your spirit. I think of eating one of these giddy gummies as like playing on a sports team and you have a great game you know, everyone is thrilled with how well they did. The other team had no chance of scoring against you. Your star player was incredible. The crowd was boisterous and high energy. You keep telling the story of that game over and over again until Monday morning your coach doesn't want to tell that story. He wants you to work hard and improve and sweat and suffer, and that, and that hurts. So you'd rather just take a bite of a giddy gummy. And just remember moments of smiles and superstars and undefeated seasons. Spiritual enthusiasts for Jesus 
want to sustain that happiness high. And Jesus says, do not work for that type of food that perishes, but for food that endures, which I will give you. And so the crowd says, okay, Jesus, we're, we're not flakes, Jesus. We know giddy gummies aren't free. Happiness doesn't last. So we will work. We'll, we'll do the work. We'll do whatever it takes to stick with you. Tell me, tell me, Jesus, what kind of job do I need to do to be with you? This is that portion of the story I call the cringeworthy dialogue between the crowds and Jesus that just keep talking back and forth to each other and not really getting each other. The crowd is on board with doing trivial deeds as long as they can gain access to his power. They believe a way to an abundant life, a hunger-free life, is to do a lot of great work, religious ritual, and such. So I like to describe their snack personality as work them wheats, these crackers, these munchable work them wheats, folks that put in the hard work to prove themselves. Nourishment for those who stay busy, too busy, just so their accomplishments might set them apart. You know, God doesn't have time to love everybody, only those who work them wheats, who have been perfect in their dedication and their effort for him. It's a popular brand this day, actually. Every station of life is asking us, prove your performance, get good grades in schools, impress your supervisor so you can get a promotion, prove to your friends that you're loyal, prove to yourself that you're a good spouse and a parent, serve in church so you prove you're a good Christian. Every little gap, taking a bite, work them wheats, make sure we're keeping up. And Jesus interrupts. Good gifts can't be earned. It's not a matter of effort you display that makes life turn well. God supplies what's needed. It comes as you believe in me as the true representation of what God is like. Just commit to aligning with me. At that point, the crowd takes a step back. I mean, we've heard before, Jesus, we've heard, we've heard the term food from heaven before. That's the Torah, it's the law, God's ethical teaching. We've read the law, we've heard great stories about Moses who brought the law. Hey, Jesus, have you heard the one about that time Moses fed people from bread from heaven? They were starving and he was there. That Moses was the best, Jesus. Can you do anything like that? That's our background. You know, okay, it's all right if you don't need us to do any work, but to believe in you instead of how we've been raised, we need you to work to prove it to us. That snack personality would be called the skepticals. Bite-sized little candies, kind of sweet, especially sweet when you've been proven right. You know, Skepticals without evidence, mm, you're probably a fraud, probably a fake. Daniel Schultz is a United Church of Christ pastor, and he says in contemporary American culture, belief is everything, particularly our belief expressed in political philosophies with what we agree. It defines things like where we live, 
who we're allowed to be friends with, what diseases we acknowledge to be real. <laughs> the way we see the world seems immediately and instinctively obvious to us, and we feel contempt for those who cannot see what we consider as plain as day. The people who disagree with us aren't only incorrect, they're immoral. <laughs> and so that's why this crowd with Jesus although impressed with his power and his style, couldn't just believe something different. I mean, to accept that Jesus is the bread of life instead of tradition and Torah and their stories. To believe him is to admit that perhaps they were a little bit wrong before. And nobody wants to admit they were wrong before. So the more and more Jesus says, Trust me, the more and more the crowd says, nah, we're good. We're good. We'll stick with what we know. We'll snack on a few more skepticals as we go. Don't mess with our philosophy of life. Unless you've got something huge to prove, we should listen. And Jesus isn't about putting on big shows. He is about living within his faith every day which results in fruitfulness and building the type of beloved community that God is all about. And for Jesus, no one needs to prove their power because it's all God's power. God's power in Moses and God's power in himself and God's power in you. This life-enriching, life-sustaining power that we can all dine on, although we're already full. We're so full of giddy gummies that we turn towards those things we imagine will just keep us pleased all the time so we don't have to live through any struggle. Or we're so full on those work them wheats, you know, busy with projects and promotions, trying to prove ourselves all the time. Or so full on those skepticals, just convinced everybody's out to deceive us. Our pleasure is having an attitude of distrust. We'll be sure of ourselves by being suspicious of others. So we stand on that oppositional ground, unless we're proved otherwise. So full. What are y'all snacking on? Of course, we know those snacks. There's a problem with them. They are not sustaining. They're fading. They may taste like a miracle in the moment. We enjoy that sensation of feeling amazed. But you know, even within scripture, those miracles of Jesus didn't even last. People who ate that delicious loaves and fishes were hungry the next day. And those who drank some delicious, scrumptious wine at that wedding, they just wanted more, turn more water into wine. And those paralytics that Jesus healed eventually became old, lost their mobility. And even some children that Jesus raised from the dead eventually grew old and died of natural causes. Miracles, great impressions. They soon disappear. So if it's not hitting big miracles that Jesus is after, what does he want us to eat? Living bread. Bread of life. That's daily good eating. Investing in that enriching relationship that is life with God in Christ. Just 
to know him better, learn him, speak to him, see the world better through him. When struggles come, we're not about numbing them, outworking them, denying them. Just allow him to sit with us through them, guide us through them. We learn to enjoy him, to trust him, commit our all to him. Consume his love for God and his love for other people and live in the joy that he feels when he experiences that commitment to God and people. Just get a taste of that snack personality, the living bread. So Jesus invites us to diet on him, the one who comes into the world to give us the best life. And what a gift to fall in love with the meal that never ends. So as we pray today, I invite you to pray over your sense of spiritual growing right now, your sense of where you spend your most time at the table, so to speak, eating on what things are you eating the most, things that just will give you a, a happiness high, things that will try and make you feel good by just being busy, feeling good because you're always challenging others, or feeling the peace of knowing Christ to walk with you. So let us sing for a moment as we prepare to pray, and then we'll pray over that commitment today. Our hymn of prayer is, This is a Day of New Beginnings. Sounds like an opportunity to take on a new snack diet, if, it's, if you're asking me. Join us as we sing. Yeah. 
Oh Lord God, we are so grateful that you came amongst us as Jesus Christ, who was all about feeding your people, feeding them so that their physical needs were met, feeding them also with, with purpose, with contentment, with joy, and with peace. Lord, we realize there are many ways that we do try to fill our lives, fill our stomachs, so to speak. Today, Lord, help us to reevaluate how we tend to find ourselves full. I pray, Lord, that we would recommit to aligning with you, offering ourselves to you, becoming more and more connected to you and the way you see us and how you see each other. That we might love as you love, serve as you serve, forgive as you forgive, fight for justice as you fight, rescue as you rescue. We bring ourselves to you, Lord, and we pray, take us in that we might dine on that bread of life. Lord, as we pray this morning, we are mindful of those who are struggling, struggling because their bodies are betraying them in pain and injury, struggling because they can't find their place, they feel so alone, they feel so overwhelmed. Perhaps, Lord, we stand at the door of a new opportunity, a new school year, a new work placement, we're anxious, we just need assurance that it's going to be okay. We know that your spirit will be with us there in these places, and we pray for these folks and for ourselves. We pray especially for those in our congregation that we know have been struggling with illness. Lord God, bring healing to Phil Melick, to Mark Barhan, to David Wiley, to Cynthia Bymaster, and for many others that continue to deal with chronic health struggles. And for those who grieve, Lord God, give them peace and strength as they take new steps each day walking into this new reality. We pray also, Lord, for those UND students that are beginning school this week, and guide them in their courses, and also build great opportunities for new relationships and community this year, and bless their their faculty, their professors that will guide them. Lord, we do know your spirit is in our midst. You have given us the bread of life that we might endure to eternal life. It's your will that we should live. So Lord God, feed our minds, our bodies, so that we might serve you, that we might be a sign of life to the world. We offer our prayers today in the unity of the church and in the name of Jesus as we pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we prepare for our offering today, I'm going to invite Shirley Green to speak a little bit about her experience in the Bibbs Pantry. The pantry will be our recipient of our loose change offering starting next month, the month of September. And so I thought it would be great to hear from one of our volunteers to share about why you enjoy bibs, right? Right, right. okay, very good. So we welcome Shirley, thanks today. The bibs pantry was begun in the 90s for new needy, expectant, and new moms referred through healthy, health nut, not. <laughs> community centers, but we, have nev we never know when we assist clients where the items given will fill the soul as well as the body. A handmade baby quilt given in one of our family's package caused the following story to be relayed by the caseworker. The great-grandmother of the family always made a baby quilt for each new great-grandchild at their birth. The client's child was born shortly after her death. So her tradition couldn't be continued. But when mom received the quilt, she believed it was sent by great-grandmother. Through us. God's angel messenger is what she called us. We don't always know our, where our ministry will affect others, but as long as we spread God's love, we cannot go wrong. Mm -hmm. Love one another.
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God all creatures here below. Alleluia. Gracious God, thank you for supplying all our needs, nourishment for our bodies, and nourishment for our souls. We realize when our bodies are hungry and have scheduled times for meals and snacks, sometimes we even eat to ease stress and unhappiness, when what we really need is the bread of heaven, a closer connection to you, Lord. Remind us to seek you, to nourish our souls, to schedule our quiet time with you, as we schedule our meals. Use these tithes and offerings to bring your kingdom on earth and to nourish all that we connect with, with your love. Amen. Amen. As we prepare for our final hymn, uh, I thought, Luke, if you just for a moment might share some of the music ministry that's starting up next month. Yeah, a little invitation perhaps. Tell us what's Absolutely. happening. Absolutely. We would love to see you uh, with us Two Sundays from now at 11.15 p.m. or a.m. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. Overnight <laughs> choir rehearsals? No. Uh, 11.15 a.m. Uh, we will be resuming choir rehearsals two weeks from the day. It should be September 11th. Uh, September 12th, we will begin uh, the bell choirs for the season. So please, please feel, free to, feel free to join us for that as well. Uh, please join us in singing our hymn of compassion found on page 2126 in the faith we sing, All Who Hunger.
So again, a reminder, I hope you'll join us for some ice cream here now following the service. Maybe we'll learn a little bit about each other's personality based on the flavors we choose or the toppings. I don't know. What do, what do cherry topper people mean? I don't know. They're the wild ones, I think, Luke. Go forth this day blessed by the good gifts of food and fellowship in your life and especially the great gift of eternal bread, eternal life in relationship with Christ. It is his name we depart today. Amen. Amen.